Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. Hey, I want to tell you about the lab. If you haven't heard, it is wellness. Anywhere you go, you could listen to it like a podcast. Um, they're basically live Zoom classes, but you could listen to them on a run, or you could turn the camera on and engage with them. We have a thriving community of like-minded people trying to live better lives, and it's been amazing. Not only do we have the foundational classes like codependency and and, uh, ch- and trauma and relationships and all that, but we also have a lot of fun classes because it's so hard to make friends as adults, right? So we have tarot card readings, we have soul shower, we have astrology readings. Uh, we're turning wellness into a lifestyle. We're also uh, going to run a retreat soon. So come and hang out with us. Come ride with us. Go to the website to get into uh, the lab and then go download the app. We have a brand new app out with tons of audio. I'm going to give you a discount code um, and this is for a limited time. So if you're listening to this, you could join the lab for only $20. It's like a drop-in fee. For three months, it's $20 a month. Go to tatlab.app. That's tatlab.app. And the discount code is live better. It's case sensitive. So all lowercase, one word, live better. And I will see you in the lab. In this episode, I'm going to force you to get to know me better. Actually, these questions are a great way to get to know anyone. They are the Proust questions. I have been calling them Proust. And um, I say a lot of things wrong, and that's okay. Forgiving myself for saying things incorrectly is called self-compassion. It's not called I went to Cal State Northridge. If you went to Cal State Northridge, there's nothing wrong with the school. It's just... uh, Growing up, there's, you know, when you were in high school, and and this is, I hope this is changing now. I don't know, but when I was in high school, um, I, you know, I was a C student. I was um, into activities and going out and doing shit. I just hated classrooms. Anyway, the pressure uh, to go to a an amazing co- a UC school or like go abroad and all that, and I felt like the kid that got held back because I grew up in Los Angeles and. Um, Went to college in the valley, lived at home. It was a commuter school. The earthquake, remember the North 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 Ridge earthquakes? They hit, and um, we were studying studying intense. Anyway, high school was an amazing experience for me. College was boring. It was just it just in one word, it was just like a the desert. It was like walking across the desert. Anyway, these questions date back to the eighteen hundreds, and I think they still hold up. So. Um, let me answer some of them for you. All right. What is your greatest idea of happiness? Uh, I'm not a big fan of the word happy, but uh, I think about what makes me feel alive. So when, when someone asks me, are you happy? I think about aliveness and I think about um, contentment, right? Am I, am I generally content these days? So my greatest idea of happiness is on a macro level, it is, um, sorry for the parrots in the background. I, I know every time you listen to this, you're like, John, are you at the fucking pet store? Where, where are you? 
Um, I'm in my garage, but my garage is located in the hills of Altadena, and there are parrots everywhere. And I got to say, first, I used to be, um, I used to think it was like tropical and shit. I used to be like, oh, this is amazing. And I'll be honest, now they're like annoying. Oh, man. It's the same thing when I got chickens. We got chickens thinking, oh, yeah, that we're going to have fresh eggs, like farm, you know, like um, farm fresh eggs, and, 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 and they're, they're low maintenance. We got the chickens, and we had no idea they shit everywhere. Not only do they shit everywhere, the size of their sh- I used to think chicken shit uh, was like BBs. They, they are like just dog shit. They're just heaping piles of shit everywhere, and I would have to hose down the side of my um, house three times a day. Uh, chickens are, are not worth the ROI. It's not go, go buy eggs. It's not worth the one or two eggs you're going to get a day from. Anyway, okay. My idea of happiness on a macro level, it's um, it's not worrying, you know. Most of my life has been in worry, dread, that lower frequency, fight or flight. And um, you can't be happy. You can't feel alive if you wake up every day feeling that, um, you know, the sky's going to fall. So my, my idea of happiness is... Um, not living with worry and dread. And I know it sounds obvious, but so many people do. I know I did for so long. Um, you got to get to a place where where you just don't live in that. Now, of course, we're going to have worry. We're going to have days where we have dread and we feel hopeless, and of course, you know, all that, but not to live there, that not to be the norm, you know. And then on the micro level, happiness, um, there are so many moments like um watching a sunset with a gas tank in between your legs what i mean is on, on a motorcycle um i grew up in, in california so sand uh i was gonna say sand in my toes toes in the sand by the way i am dyslexic toes in the sand ocean breeze on your back and uh, sun on your face knowing you're going to have Sushi, Korean barbecue, or in and out later. That was basically most of my high school. <laughs> what is your greatest fear? Uh, right now, my current greatest fear is if um, something happened to my daughter, you know, um, some kind of, if she was harmed in any way, that, that, that's, um, that's my current greatest fear. What is the trait you deplore in yourself? Oh, man. Um, I don't like that I'm impatient. Um, I still struggle with being in my head and not being present. It's probably something I'm going to struggle with for the rest of my life. I'm much better at it, but I do struggle with that. But um, I'm impatient and um, I'm in my head and um, I still find myself chasing shiny things. You know, it's something that I wish I was better at. Um, I talk about it, and I know it puts you into a, chase, uh, a chasing state, which is kind of a lower frequency thing, uh, uh, state where stars do not line up, and you feel very stunted. Um, but I fall into it often, so yeah. What is the trait you most deplore in others? Uh, falseness. Anyone who uh, doesn't show him or herself. I don't have to like you, but if you are you, I will respect you, you know. If you don't show yourself and, and there's a falseness about you, then it's like I, I, 
I don't like you and I don't respect you. <laughs> what is your greatest extravagance? It would be um, customizing um, my vehicle, so my motorcycle. It's just a thing I grew up with. Um, my brother and I used to, because we're gearheads, we used to buy cars and put rims on it and all that stuff. And recently, did you hear that? I tried to hold it in. It was, it was, a, it was, it was like a, it was a, um, it's early in the morning. So, you know, you're drinking coffee, your, your, your body's waking up, you're burping a little bit. So hopefully you didn't hear that. Um, my motorcycle, you know, always buying parts, playing around, just that kind of stuff. On what occasion do you lie? I lie when people have really bad haircuts. I mean, who, who, can you imagine you get a bad haircut, which I've had many times, and your friend says, oh, man, that, that's horrible, man. You're, you should fire your hairdresser. Your haircut sucks. You look like an idiot. Uh, that's got to be one of the meanest things <laughs> you can say to someone. I mean, what are they supposed to do? Like, the cut's already done. So um, I lie to people who have horrible haircuts. What do you most dislike about your appearance? I'm going to say my nose. And, uh, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to be 6'2", but I wish I was like just two inches taller. Um, I'm 5'8". On social media, it looks like I'm much taller. And sometimes when I run into people um, and they like, they recognize me, and, and this doesn't happen every day, every day, but once in a while, um, I instantly think like, oh, they're disappointed. They thought I was taller. Also, I don't want a baby arm in between my legs, but maybe like, maybe just another inch, just a little more, you know? I'm just being honest, just a little more. And um, so a little bit of height. Uh, my nose is too fat and um, just a little more cushion down there. All right. Um, when were you the, the happiest, uh, the 80s? And to be honest, I don't know if I was the happiest. I just, you know, when I when I think about the '80s, and, and for many, the '80s were they were ugly and traumatic. And but for me, um, I just remember discovering flow states, breakdancing, windmills, and getting lost in, in an activity where you were so present, you forgot about time. And I think that's why I, you know, I think of. Um, the 80s as being um, my happiest time. Also, the world was big. Uh, I started, it was my wonder years, you know. I, 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 um, I started liking girls. So curious about what that felt like, kissing and sex and all that. Um, I mean, all, it, the world was just so big, you know. There was so much to discover. And so the 80s, and of course, you know, old school Madonna, parachute pants, windbreakers, boom boxes. Okay. What do you consider your greatest achievement? I would say all my books. Um, I used to think I was a failed writer uh, because I pursued a career in screenwriting in my 20s and didn't really work out, changed careers, became a therapist. And so um, the, uh, the books that I write now, and I'm on number... Four, uh, they've become important to me because you know it just it's like um, they've they've my books have redefined uh, 
or dissolve my false belief that I'm a failed writer, right? I just write uh, books now instead of screenplays. This episode is brought to you by Skillshare. And we all know that when you give a gift, giving someone something that you have made or something that requires a skill goes a lot further than just buying someone something, right? Well, this year, this holiday season, get creative and learn how to make the perfect handmade gift with Skillshare's online classes. What is Skillshare? Skillshare is an online learning community that offers membership with meaning. With so much to explore, real projects to create, and the support of fellow creatives. Community, that's really important, right? So you're not doing this alone. Skillshare empowers you to accomplish real growth. So one of my favorite classes, and don't laugh, is called Plants at Home. Now, I have a really uh, zero talent when it comes to creating spaces that make you feel calm and uh, connect to yourself. So this class, Plants at Home, Uplift Your Spirits and Your Space by Christopher Geffen, uh, is now one of my favorites because now I know how to um, make spaces the way that I make a little treehouse in my house. So I'm going to give you something today. Because I want you to give a gift that means more. I want you to get creative and learn how to make the perfect handmade gift this holiday season. Go to Skillshare.com forward slash angry, A-N-G-R-Y, and get a free trial of premium membership. Skillshare is incredibly affordable, especially when it compared to like the pricey in-person classes and workshops. Um, the, the annual subscription is less than 10 bucks. So go to skillshare.com forward slash angry, A-N-G-R-Y, and get a free trial of premium membership. Let this be the year that, uh, you give the gift of thoughtfulness of your uniqueness. You give the gift of you. What do you regard as the lowest depth of misery? Man, this question is depressing. It would be to be in a shitty job where it's so bad that you hide out in the bathroom stall and wait for them to find you. This happened to me. There was a point in my life when I was um, a new therapist getting hours. I wasn't licensed yet, licensed yet. also going through a divorce and uh, had to, um, you know, go out and make money. And I would wear slacks. I got this job at this, um, like, retirement home. It was like this Russian retirement home treatment center. I don't know what it was, but it was privately owned. I think they were just making insurance money. Everyone spoke Russian. Um, I think they just used me to sign off on paperwork. I don't know, but it was one of those places where you had to like sign out to go to the bathroom and then sign back in. Um, and I remember, and I think it was because I was also at a low point in my life, um, I remember just going into the restroom, sitting in the stall, and uh, just staying there. <laughs> That's what I did. And my and I would just like dream and pray and you know 
oh man and i just didn't want to leave that bathroom stall and then of course they would call my name um over the intercom after i don't know 40 minutes um that i was needed and then i would get out and i remember i would do and it was one of the lowest points of my life and i was thinking i i don't ever want to be in this place again you know um so yeah that that's one of my uh, lowest depth of misery uh, what we do, it's just so much of our time. I mean, it's mostly, if you look at our life, um, it's cut up into kind of like our work and relationships, right? And so if you're in a shitty job, and I get it, sometimes we have to pay the bills and we got to do stuff uh, while we're building or transitioning. But um, I don't think anything grays you out worse than leaving work dreading that you got to go back there again tomorrow. What is your most marked characteristic? It's going to be my furrows, my deep furrows, which I, I believe I call them Marky Marks. He's got some deep ones too. Um, I, I believe they actually started in the 80s when I tried to always look hard in photographs because I was the runt and um, uh, in breakdancing crews where all the kids were older. So they were like, I don't know, 17, 16. I was like 12. And um, I wanted to be taken seriously, so my arms were like folded, and then I always tried to look hard. And I think that was the beginning, the laying the tracks of the two deep lines in my 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 face. And now my my default is just like this, this um, angry look. Hence, uh, the angry therapist. I would like to say it's more pensive. I'm not an angry person anymore. What do you most value in your friends? Honesty, um, courage to, to show, show yourself, to be transparent, um, loyalty. What is your greatest regret? I try not to, I know it sounds generic, but I try not to have regrets or think about regrets, but man, if I was just, what is my greatest regret? You know, maybe that I didn't, um, I would say two things. One, not learning um, to read and write Korean. So I could speak Korean, but it's uh, broken. It's probably like fourth grader level. And um, growing up as an Asian American in the 80s, um, it wasn't cool to be Asian. And so I didn't want anything to do with uh, my culture, my food, my language. And so when my mom wanted us to go to a Korean school, I mean, that was a hard no for me. <laughs> um, but I hear the reading and writing of, of, uh, of the Korean language is fairly easy. And I wish I would have learned it, you know. And I wish I, I could speak Korean better. And, you know, um, I'm trying to teach my daughter, who is now 15 months Korean and it's important to speak to her every day but when you don't have a huge vocabulary it's kind of limiting it's like um, coloring with four crayons so that's a regret and also not learning uh, a martial art you know I um, I wish I I wish I knew how to fight just to know you know um, just as an art and I know uh, it takes like 10 years plus to, to have a black belt but that's always been a dream is to have a black belt in something um, growing up watching Bruce, Bruce Lee movies uh, not that I want to cause fights um, 
but just that just to be able to you know throw a punch a kick um a few years ago i tried jiu-jitsu uh and i hurt myself and i remember holding on to my karate my, my gi and my back was hurting i was crossing the street and i dropped my gi and uh, it was so sad i was like uh, crossing the street like a 90 year old man because i hurt my back and uh, it was nighttime and i dropped my gi and <laughs> I had to kick it across the street because I couldn't pick it up. And uh, I, all the cars that were parked were just staring at this uh, lonely 40-year-old guy hunched over, kicking his ski across the street. Oh, man, it's kind of embarrassing. Anyway, that was my attempt at learning martial art. Uh, martial art. All right, um, how would you like to die in my sleep, I mean, that's got to be the best way to die, right? You go to sleep and you don't wake up. It's so easy. Um, I don't want to be eaten. I don't want to. Uh, I think my greatest nightmare is to die um, like on, on in a plane, like a plane going down. Holy shit. No, actually, one, you know what? Uh, and, and I'm not saying that this happens all the time to people, but being buried alive because I'm claustrophobic. There was a movie. I don't remember. It was a. Sandra Bullock and um, Jeff Daniels no Jeff Bridges oh man he plays such a good bad guy and uh, he buried her alive and I think she like um, he like drugged her or something and she woke up and she was in a coffin buried alive and she's like oh not only that but she turns to the left and her her husband is next to her he's already dead and his fingernails are gone from trying to scrape out of the coffin oh man that is probably my my biggest (laughs) that's worse than getting eaten by a shark anyway um in my sleep is how i would like to go what is your motto that's my last question to myself my motto is that Every part of your story will be used. I think um, we all want a different story or at one point, you know, and we've all been through a lot of shit and we're busy ripping out chapters. If you can get to a place where you believe all the parts of your story, all the chapters are important, they're going to be used, um, then your story becomes valuable. Then you become unique then your life becomes a work of art. And I think that's, uh, that's ultimately, um, man, if you can get there, you're so lucky, you know, and I'm working on it as well. But uh, to leave this life knowing that you lived in a way where your life was art, I mean, isn't that beautiful? For me, that's the point, right? And so for your life to be art, all your chapters have to be used, you know, especially the dark ones, the the lows. And if there weren't the the lows, there would be no character arc, right? You wouldn't have gone anywhere. And if you don't go anywhere, there there is no the painting is just one color. So, yeah, that's my motto. Your story is the most valuable thing you will you will ever own, and all your all your chapters will be used. Every part of your story. Thank you for listening. Be well. Listen, if you are great at helping other people and you have a passion for that 
and you want to find personal freedom and level up the skills you already have, it's time to become a life coach. Journey coaching. When I became a coach, there was nothing like this out there. And so I developed this coaching training program alongside Noel Cordo, Journey Coaching. That's J-R-N-I. And it is amazing. It's 100% live. It's everything that I wish I had when I was starting out. Meaningful, evidence-based education, real people, real community, lifetime support and business development, ICF certified. Just go to theangrytherapist.com, my website, and click on Become a Coach and explore the Journey Coaching Intensive. See you in class.